from his home in Northern California, joining us to talk a little bit about the broadcast business and the big picture of who is what and who gets work in this business is Troy Clarity, a young man I've known for a, I don't know what want to tell them how long, Troy, but I'm guessing at least a couple of decades, probably maybe a little bit more than that. We go back a ways, and Trey, thank you for so much for calling me young, number one and number two. <laughs> of Real pleasure to see you and to talk to you again. It's been entirely too long. Hope you've been doing well, and uh, and an honor to be with you here um, in this setting. Looking forward to uh, looking forward to it. Well, thank you very much, Troy. And I worked for a company in Northern California, a radio company. Uh, at the time, it was called Susquehanna Radio. It no longer exists. They sold to uh, Cumulus Radio. Um, he worked uh, primarily on one of the stations, and I worked primarily on the other. And uh, it's always a pleasure. Troy is a graduate of uh, that little school down on the farm they call Stanford University. And uh, it is a great pleasure to chat with you. Um, so give us an idea of what, what's going on with you. Give us the, give us the not-so-much-Reader's-Digest version of who you are, but uh, just a little bit of history of who you are and how you got here. Yeah, certainly. As you mentioned, uh, Stanford grad, and uh, this will mark my 30th year following Stanford football. Let's start there. And it's certainly been amazing to see that uh, that program do what it's done uh, over the past uh, 30 years. But, you know, here we are in September, right? And it's, it's fall, and it's a very, very busy time of year, and I'm certainly thankful for that. As I begin my ninth year of play-by-play -play with the Pac-12 Network, I've called 10 different sports um, with those guys, including basketball and baseball and and softball and even field hockey, even down to rugby, made the old rugby debut um, this past spring. So uh, ninth year of play-by-play -play with the Pac-12 Network, always an honor back in the pack um, in that instance and in that circumstance. Uh, and I'm really fired up because this is gonna be my first year of uh, national radio college football play-by-play latched -play. on with Compass Media Networks. And uh, I've got a couple games coming up later on this season and perhaps a couple more uh, that will probably crop up as well as the season continues. But really excited about that, uh, being able to uh, call top-notch, you know, college football games, you know, games that people are going to be you know, remote stoppers, right? You're flipping through the TV, or at least hopefully in this instance, you're flipping through the radio dial and you, and you go, oh, oh man, I, I gotta, I gotta sit back and listen to this. Those kinds of games, being able to call those kinds of games on a top-notch national radio network uh, like Compass, it's truly a uh, long time coming, but more importantly, it's a, it's a dream come true. So there's that. I also do uh, call games uh, for Stanford Athletics on their live streams. I host a Stanford uh, football and athletics podcast called The Tree Cast um, with Troy Clarity, which overall has been going since 2015. But uh, in March of 2020, we uh, switched over to a different uh, vertical and uh, post our first episode there. And three days later, the whole world shut down. So from there, we kind of had to broaden the scope from Stanford football, specifically to Stanford athletics as a whole. And uh, we've really, you know, had terrific guests, you know, throughout, especially over the last couple of years, uh, Stanford football head coach, David Shaw has jumped on for numerous one-on-ones with us. Uh, Senator Corey Booker, uh, so many Stanford greats over the years, current, uh, current, athlete, current uh, student athletes as well. Uh, so this is, this is kind of that year where all of those things just kind of coalesce and form just one big mass of work. But man, it's certainly it's certainly great, and it's certainly an honor to be a, a, a part of a part of it all. This is, this is the best time of year, right here. So I don't know that people fully understand exactly 
you know, what it's like working in a large market, but um, you really have to, uh, to make a good living in a large market. You kind of have to cobble work together. You do some of this and some of that. You talk about all the PAC 12 games you've done, the Stanford university job you do. And, um, and so give us an idea of what it's like to try to try to make it in a place where um, the cost of living is high. The competition for work is great. And, um, and, and, but you have ambitions to be somebody, to do something, to work. And what's it like to keep pushing and pushing in a place where sometimes um, you don't always get the love back that you put in? Yeah. And, and it's, 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 it's tough, you know, in, in the Bay area for a lot of different reasons. I mean, the cost of living, the standard of living, uh, arguably the highest um, in the country, not easy to meet that standard sometimes, but you know, you, you do what you have to do. And especially in a business where, you know, on, you know, the entry level specifically, it can be really, really tough to be able to string things together. And I think, you know, I, I kind of, you know, have been lucky in, in some respects, in many respects, uh, pretty much since, you know, walking in the door, you know, 25 years ago at what was then known as the Ticket 1050, uh, which uh, had formed the summer after I graduated from, uh, from Stanford. Um, and I, I pretty much walked into that door and, you know, was able to latch on as a part-time guy, you know, still lived at home, you know, sure. You know, I wasn't going to get a, you know, get, get, be able to get my own apartment or anything like that on, on a part-time salary or anything like that. But, you know, that, that eventually, you know, after a couple of years, you know, became, you know, more and more, I was, I was, I was full-time after a few months. So certainly, you know, got, uh, got, got lucky in that respect, but, you know, the, the beauty of it is that, you know, even though it can be a little tough working in a large market from that standpoint, when you are in a larger market, that also means potentially more opportunities and more things happening and more things going on. I mean, look, the Bay Area is a pro sports market, more so now than ever. Look, I'm college sports through and through, but I'm, I'm not blind to that fact that, you know, this is, this is Niners, this is Warriors, you know, this is Giants country through and through. You know, um, it's, it's too bad that the Raiders aren't still here because when the Raiders were relevant, man, they would rock the Bay as well. And even the A's, you know, when they were when they were competing and, and doing big time things and, be, and being one of the more interesting teams, um, not just in the Bay Area, but also in all of Major League Baseball, you know, fans got behind them as well. But, you know, you've got the pro sports, you've got the college sports. There's a pretty decent high school scene as well. So even though, you know, there are a lot of things that you might have to piece together, you do still have those opportunities to do so that you might not necessarily have on a smaller market where there is just maybe one or two pro teams in town, where the nearest college might be two or three hours away. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, here we've got Stanford, we've got Cal, we've got San Jose State. There are a few other, you know, smaller colleges uh, that are in the area as well. And, and where you might not necessarily have the opportunities to be able to uh, to get the work and to patch things together that you might not necessarily that you might have on, on a large market. Now, again, is it easy? No. Is there a lot of competition? Yes. Is it for the faint of heart? No. But, you know, just like everything, you try to take some of the things that you might, you know, that might come in as negatives, find ways to turn into positives. And that's a big step towards surviving, not just in this business overall, but also uh, in, a mar in a market, number four market, right? We heard that all the time. <laughs> this is a number four market here in the Bay Area, uh, you know, in order to survive in a market as large as this one.
So here's a here's the 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 message for young broadcasters. You do you said you you've done ten different sports on Pac twelve network, right? Yep. You, you regularly do soccer and volleyball, but you you've done field hockey. What's the message there that you don't want to say no? You want to get good at these things. I, I'm sure when when it's time to do field hockey or I don't know cricket or <laughs> whatever boxing or whatever. <laughs> Um, people know who to call because they can do those things competently and do them well. And they're excited about doing them. What's the message here? Don't say no and learn how to do everything. Yeah. Versatility uh, is the key. And it's certainly been a big reason why I've been able to make my contributions uh, to the Troy and Kelly need to pay their mortgage fund, you know, every single month. Uh, and it's funny because and that is a really important contribution yes, to make. Yeah. Yes, indeed, especially here in the Bay Area. <laughs> so I'm I'm so glad we bought when we did. My wife sometimes uh, texts me, you know, our, our, this house and our development's going for this much. And like, yep, yep, I'm certainly glad we bought when we did. But uh, you know, it's it it comes back to being versatile and comes back to being willing to. Maybe get out of your comfort zone in some respects and, and, and maybe being able to expand your horizons and broaden your horizons beyond some of the things that, that you've become expected, that, that, that you think that the sports that, that, that you've expected to call. I mean, there have been a couple of occasions where the Pac-12 Network, I'll give you a specific example. You know, it was February 2016. I get an email from the Pac-12 Network. Hey, Troy, how you doing? Uh, what are you doing next weekend? You know anything about lacrosse? And I emailed them back and I said, no, I'm, I'm not doing anything. And I'll know a hell of a lot more about it in 10 days than I, should, than I sure as heck do now. So, you know, you do the crash course, you know, you do your prep. And it, it, it's funny, as I was doing my prep, I was watching a couple of men's lacrosse games. Okay, all right, I think I got, you know, the, the, the gist of some things. Well, Pac-12 is women's lacrosse. And women's lacrosse is a completely different game different rules different ways they start play i more or less had to had to throw away all my prep and, and completely start from scratch but that's just part of the process right that's just part of the process of learning what it's like to to call a different sport and that's you know that, that's kind of snowballed i guess into me being able to say hey you know whenever the pac-12 network now you know come the spring you know i've i've been the guy who's called the pac-12 lacrosse tournament i've become I'm their guy, you know, in that for that event, which is a really cool event. Did the one in Tempe, uh, the Pac-12 lacrosse tournament in Tempe was a great few days um, back in May. So, you know, being able to go from having zero idea, zippo idea at all of what a sport's truly about to being able to say, hey, when the Pac-12 network needs a guy to call that sport at its highest level that it can provide, they call me. It's pretty cool. So, yes, versatility. Yes, being willing to to say yes to think, oh man, field hockey? Uh, 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 uh. No. And, and plus, you need to give everything to the product that you're calling, right? right. You know, respect mm -hmm. the product that you're calling because when people are watching, they know if you're not respecting it. And yeah. certainly when coaches are watching, and I talk to coaches all the time, you know, they know when broadcasters aren't respecting their product as well. Players do too. Student athletes do as well. I would be doing the sport that I'm calling a severe disservice if I go in there and not respect it and say, you know, oh, it's just, you know, a, 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 an Olympic sport game. It isn't football. 
it isn't basketball. It isn't one of the major, major sports. You're doing your sport, you're doing your product, and you're doing you yourself as a broadcaster a major disservice if you look at it that way. So, you know, don't don't look at it as, you know, you're you're calling some sport that you don't even know and you're being shoved into the pool. And no, look at it as an opportunity for versatility. That way, when someone calls you up and says, hey, can you do this? Do you know how to do this? You can say yes. And then you too can also make monthly contributions to the need to pay my mortgage fund. So what is the most unusual sport you've called one that even beyond lacrosse, you said, are you kidding me? <laughs> Rugby. Yeah. <laughs> Rugby. And that was another one of those situations where I was like, Hey, Troy, what are you doing next week? Uh, so I had to do the, the quick, the quick rugby crash course. And it was a St. Mary's versus Cal Cal. Number one, St. Mary's number two. So this game definitely meant something big in the rugby world. And here I am, you know, less than two weeks out and I've got to, I've, I've got to do the crash course, right? I've got to read the rule book at least at least gleam as much of it as I possibly can, you know, gleam as many things, pull as many things from YouTube as I possibly can. Are there some old Cal uh, games on YouTube or anywhere else where I can, I, I can see, you know, what a rugby game, how the flow actually is, because I wasn't going to be able to chance to actually, you know, drop by a rugby game beforehand. I, I, if I have enough time, I'll try to do that so I can see things in person, get a feel for the flow of the game, how things work, uh, timing wise, all those sorts of things beyond just beyond just the rules of the game and how things are actually applied. Um, so, you know, just just going through through all of that and and rugby is just an entirely different world, man. It is just, you know, from, from the lingo of the game to, you know, all, all, all those sorts of things. And, and, and I'm certainly glad that, you know, Pac-12 Network put an, an, an analyst on with me um, with that match because it certainly would have, it was, it was a much, 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 much better product uh, than it would have been if I had been in, going into that one, uh, calling that one solo and going in pretty much blind uh, to everything else, that, that being the first, you know, rugby game that I've ever, I, I'd ever seen with my own eyes. Um, so I'm certainly grateful that that, that was able uh, to come through. But, you know, I just looked at that whole thing as a learning experience and just trying mm -hmm. to soak up and absorb as much as the coaches were telling me during their coaches calls, even in our, in our pregame meetings and, and soaking up as much as the analyst was saying uh, during the course of uh, during, uh, during the, during the course of that game as well. So it was certainly an eye yeah. opener and certainly yeah. an education and, and, and something that, that was a lot different, even from, you know, the other sports that I wasn't necessarily familiar with calling even before I did, I made mm -hmm. my debut on wrestling as well. That's a different world too, but rugby somehow was just a, couple of steps even more different but yeah. it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun sports broadcaster troy clarity is with us i'm john schrader and this is watch the media um a friend of mine a colleague of mine uh, bill dolman who does uh, olympic sports on nbc for the last several olympic cycles uh, says that if you want to work regularly do those sports that the other people aren't doing. If you want to always know that your phone's going to ring, do the stuff that other people either are unwilling to do, unwilling to learn, and just refuse to give it a try. You agree with that? Uh, yeah, yeah, by, by and large, you know, because that increases your portfolio, you know. 
And it, it also, I think it maybe increases your currency a little bit um, as well with the decision makers that say, hey, you know, this guy, this guy's put in his work, you know, this, this, this guy's put in his dues a little bit. And, you know, they, they know how to be versatile, how to work with different things that they might not necessarily, you know, be expecting um, and, and, and just going just going from there. So certainly I, I, would, I would agree with that 100 percent. Troy is one of the, and, I, and I'm sorry to say this, one of the handful of uh, sports announcers in this country um, who does play-by-play -play on radio and television, who is African-American. Let's just get right to the point here. There, there are a couple of major league, maybe three major league baseball announcers, um, African-Americans who do baseball. Um, even in basketball, there are very few play-by-play uh, -play announcers on radio, especially a handful of them on television. Um, hockey, Seattle Kraken has a, um, Everett Fitzhugh is, is black. Um, and there are no African-American play-by-play announcers doing FBS football. Um, I'm not sure about the other sports, but doing football. Um, now that I've read those um, <laughs> stats sort of, um, how do you react to that? How do you how, how do you feel about that? I'm sorry, that almost sounds like a, a post-game conference. Hey, you hit a home run. And how do you feel <laughs> about that? I'm sorry about the way it's 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 crafted, but what's your reaction to that? Well, a couple of things. Uh and, and it's 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 you know part of part of the story, you know, is, especially with me. And I I get asked, you know, why why aren't there more more black play-by-play -play announcers, you know, in the business? And I've kind of, you know, come around to the, you know, thought that, you know, quite honestly, you know, that, 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 that question is, is better suited, you know, for the decision makers, the gatekeepers, the folks who actually do the hiring. Uh, I can give you theories maybe, but they can give you actual tangible reasons um, why you might not necessarily be seeing as many African-Americans or hearing as many African-Americans in play-by-play -play roles. And let's make, let's, let's be sure to make that distinction, play-by-play -play and analysts. You know, obviously there are, you know, many African-American analysts, you know, throughout throughout the sports, but on the play by play side, extremely, extremely limited as far as the numbers um, in that department. So a, a lot of me says, you know, I, th those questions are, are are better suited towards the folks who are actually tasked with going out and finding talent and finding people to develop and hiring people. And giving them the same, you know, margin for error, you know, the, ch the same chances to make mistakes as as other as other as other play by play announcers uh, might might have um, and, and making sure that they are developed and grow as, as well and, and given opportunities uh, that other play by play announcers uh, might uh, might have the chance to do so. So uh, that, that that's one reaction. The other reaction, though, is is that being said. I do sense that that steps are being taken big steps, small steps. I don't know. We're, we're still living here in real time. So maybe it's a bit difficult to tell. And maybe that maybe we'll look back at, at, at this era and say, oh, wow, this was the start of of, of something big and some uh, and somewhat of an explosion. Uh, you know, besides the guys whom whom you mentioned uh, in, in, in Seattle, with Dave Sims, you know, who of course has been doing this for decades, his longtime work, even back in the day, calling football for Westwood one. Awesome to see what he has done with uh, the Seattle Mariners, Everett Fitzhugh. You mentioned him 
um, with the Kraken. Of course, there are a handful of network guys as well with Mark Jones for ESPN um, and, and, and a couple of other guys um, as well. And there are a couple of up, a couple of young guys who seem to be on the come up as well. Chris Lewis, based out of Boise, he's been getting work for CBS Sports Network and NBC. And Jason Ross is a guy uh, that should probably be uh, kept an eye on as well, based out of Chicago. I believe he did Chicago Blackhawks uh, fill and play by play last year, as well as uh, getting a look for some Fox stuff um, and some Big Ten Network uh, duties as well. So, uh, are there enough? Uh, probably not especially when you consider the representation that you see on the athlete side of things, right? Um, is it getting better? I think so. Is the pace quick enough? Not sure if there's an, if there's a true answer to that at this point, but I do sense that steps, positive steps are, are, are being taken in that direction. So you spend a lot of time around college campuses. You spend time with young people, and I'm sure you mentor young people um, because of that and because of your interests. Do you see a, a good number of young people of color, of Black, African-American, Latino? Um, do you see a number of them who say, you know what, I see a lot of people well, no, I don't see a lot of people who look like me on, on television or on the radio, but I still think I can do this. Um, I'm, I'm overcoming that. Yeah, I, I'm seeing a little bit of that. Uh, there are a couple of folks that I work with uh, when I'm doing Stanford broadcasts, actually. Uh, Jordan Watkins and uh, Joaquin Wallace, a couple of other guys um, who are African-American. And they're you know they're kind of just starting a, a little bit um, in the business. Um, but, but yeah, they're getting shots. They're getting reps. You know, I, I kind of keep a, keep an eye out on, on others. There are, there are, there are a few here and there in, in minor league baseball, um, as well. And I think, you know, w once you see, and I'll, I'll, I'll go way back, uh, to, to my childhood, back in the stone ages, back to when CNN sports tonight was a thing. Remember that show? And I would flip it on. And Fred Hickman, I, know I would where you're see going. Yeah. Nick Charles and I would yeah. see Fred Hickman, Fred Hickman, African-American. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, I don't think 12, 13 year old me processed it on that level, mm -hmm. but maybe it planted a seed a little bit. And, you know, he's a he was a sports anchor, you know, on play by play. It, there's a difference, obviously, in the roles there. But but perhaps that planted a seed a little bit, uh, a little bit that said, you know, hey, you know, may, maybe this is something, maybe this is an, an industry that that I can be in. And again, I, I think it's getting a little better where, you know, what I look like isn't quite being seen as the strike against me that it might have been in, in, in some roles. Now, is it completely 100% great? No, obviously not. But it, it, it's not quite the strike that that it might have been against me, you know, a generation ago or so yeah so but it is it is nice to see that there are some youngsters coming up you know and and it's important i think especially people of color who played the game because mm -hmm. they're obviously going to get steered more often than not towards the analyst role right but and I, I think that that's a big part of it as well uh have them get steered more towards the play-by-play -play side of things. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of this happens in sports talk radio as well. I was in sports talk radio every day for 17 years, major market network level. And that certainly happened there as well. The number of, of minority sports talk hosts, not co-hosts, but hosts, guys who actually set the tone, 
brought you in and out of breaks, red billboards, things like that. The guys who actually set the tone, few and far between, because most of those guys played the game. So most of those guys were steered more towards the co-host's role. So I think a lot of those things apply to the sports talk radio business as well and still apply uh, still apply today. But you know, overall, I, 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 again, I do see it getting better, and it has to start showing up in the next generation after me, right? I mean, would I love to be, yeah. you know, the first FBS voice, you know, the, the first voice of a college football team down the road? Yeah, I most certainly would. That would be awesome. That would check off a lot of boxes, and that would 100% be a dream come true. I don't want to be the last, <laughs> right? <laughs> but it is it, so. So it's good to see the uh, that 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 there is a generation that that might just be starting to percolate a uh, percolate a little bit uh, behind me a bit. So you have absolutely no obligation to answer this question, Troy. But do you believe that at some point in your career, the reason you didn't get a greater opportunity is because you're black? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I don't know that I can honestly answer that question um, without knowing, you right. know, of course, going yeah. into, you know, what exactly 100%, you know, put people under truth serums, you know, polygraph yeah. tests and, and all that stuff. All right. Take, take me exactly through exactly what you were thinking and why I didn't get this opportunity, why you passed yeah. me up, why you fired me even yeah. sometimes, you know, so it, it's, it's tough for me to 100% answer that with any total degree of, of, of certainty there. Yeah. Do you think there's, there are times where in our business, and I'll, let, let me ask this theoretically, because I don't want to put you on the spot, but theoretically there are times when we have a, we have a job and we have a, we have a um, sort of slotted work here. Right. And one of those roles is an African-American and I'm pretty sure that there are a bunch of other African-Americans who competed with each other for that work that a company would put somebody on the air. But for God's sakes, maybe the two best people we had in the pool were both black. We're only going to put one of them on there and they competed with each other for that job. Does that happen? Again, that that's something that has to be put in, you know, towards the folks who are actually sure. hiring and, 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 folks and they wouldn't answer, are, you know. <laughs> Uh, they, and they, and I would be very surprised if they answered on the record. You know, I, hey, I would love to be able to sit in on, on some of these hiring decision-making meetings and, and hear exactly what the thought process as far a thought process is as far as as far as you know what people are thinking as far as you know how certain folks you know fit certain qualifications, what exactly they're looking for, and how close those things and, and, and those two realities mesh together. I I I, I don't know. So why do you think it is that the the play-by-play -play job, which you and I both know is 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 fun and it's also a position that lots of people want, but it's it's become one of the last, really the last summits to climb for African Americans, for Latinos, for women, for mm -hmm. anybody who doesn't look like me. It's been one of the last mountains to climb. Why is that? I think I think there are probably several things um, at work here, and I think maybe it goes back to something I alluded to, especially on the sports talk radio side, where you know the the, the host is the one in control, and maybe some folks, maybe some decision makers, aren't quite ready to see a minority, a person of color, uh, necessarily in in that role. Perhaps that that's a part of it as well. 
and, and, and let's face it, you know, it, it's, <laughs> I, I kind of get a kick out of, out of, out of, you know, some, some things that, that get cropped up um, when, when you're talking about who, who, who's really making the leap and kind of comparing it to me a little bit, you know, I mean, for some folks, I don't look the part of a play-by-play announcer. I probably don't sound the part. My voice is a little different. I think a little differently. Um, you know, I didn't play the game, you know, I'm not related to anyone who played the game. You know, I'm not related to anyone who is in the business. You know, I'm, I'm not some, you know, 27 year old hotshot kid who somehow, you know, found the, the on-ramp to, to the big leagues just a few years out of college. You know, I'm not related to anyone already in the business. I didn't go to Syracuse. there are Uh, lots and lots and lots of people in the business though who who are just like that right who who are mostly white right yeah yeah and 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 it it all it all just kind of seems in some respects perhaps you know to to fall in all those same columns where all those those certain qualifications okay well did you play the game check uh is your dad in the business check you know uh did you go to syracuse check uh so i i think you know, those, those kinds of things, you know, kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult for folks to break out of, you know, preconceived notions and preconceived mold molds of, of what they have, you know, perhaps, you know, for, for a certain role. And if you check, check those certain boxes, check that kind of column, you know, then, then you kind of maybe get a bit more consideration over someone who perhaps doesn't check those boxes. Sounds a little bit different looks different, you know, f- finds things and approaches things uh, from, from, from a different, uh, from a different way and from a different vantage point. So, you know, it, it's, a, again, I think there are steps being taken. Is there still a long way to go in all honesty? Yeah, there probably yeah. is. So, so how often do you think, or, or maybe I'll, I'll catch this question a little bit better. Um, there probably are not a lot of times, sorry to go in the back door here, probably not a lot of times where you walked into a situation where, the, the 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 boss the decision maker the leader the ceo the big dog in the kennel is not a white man when you walk in and it's a woman making decisions or it's a black man or black woman making decisions um there there, there can't have been certainly haven't been in my career and i'm considerably older than you are but can't there haven't been many times in my career where the person making those decisions um doesn't look like me have you found that to be the case a little bit, however, um, I, there have been a couple of occasions, you know, my boss at ESPN radio, one of my bosses, anyway, I, I had several of them. Uh, one of my bosses at ESPN radio was African-American and he actually took me to Pittsburgh with him when he launched, uh, the, uh, all sports radio station in Pittsburgh to be his executive producer and, and, and to host a uh, host a show there. Um, so I, I, I think, you know, for, for me personally, uh, there's been that instance, um, you know, at the Pac-12 network when I was, you know, after I got fired for basically, and that's a whole other subject. We can get into it if you wish. Uh, but after I got fired from coming back to the Bay Area and being the uh, Oakland A's pre and post game host and hosting my own show uh, for what was then the flagship radio station at that point, you know, Pac-12 network was going to be a door I was going to walk into anyway, right? Oh, my firing just kind of sped that up a little bit. Uh, so, you know, Ted Robinson recommended me, walked into the, walked into the, in, into the door, had a meeting with uh, the talent, uh, the, the head of the talent office at that time, Oakley Hawkins, uh, African-American woman. You know, 
I'm walking in the room. I'm thinking it's just going to be some regular old, you know, meet and greet. You know, hey, it's great to meet you. Good to see you're out there. We'll keep you in mind for things if they crop up. She shuts the door. She turns around to me and she says, you're exactly what we're looking for. I'm like, huh? What? Oh, oh, OK. All right. I got I got I to change my entire approach here. <laughs> all right. Let's 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 go. Let's let's rock and roll here a little bit. Um, so there have been occasions where, you know, where the person where I am directly reporting to is a minority and is African-American. Um, big differences between that and what is the normal situation? Maybe not. I don't know. It, it's it's, it's kind of hard for me. You know, look, I mean, bosses are, are different, you know, no matter no matter which way you you look and you turn the, the you go through the spectrum. You, you've had a bunch of bosses. You know how mm -hmm. that you know how I that know. all works. Yeah. Um, but th there have been a couple of instances where I, I can look, you know, to uh, where, where the leadership can be looked to. And it's like, oh, OK, that's that, that leadership around here is kind of out of the mold. Yeah. Yeah. So your dream would be at this point to, to get one of those FBS jobs and, and be that guy. That would be awesome. That would be incredibly awesome. You Maybe know, at I, Stanford I mean, University. We'll see. We'll see. Who knows? We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see. We'll see what, what crops up uh, in, in, in that respect. But, uh, you know, I, I may be going back to the days of, you know, watching the SPN when they had the Super Bowl highlight films, you know, and they would replay them during the day. And I'd be sitting there playing John Madden football on my old Apple <laughs> 2C. Uh, and I, they put on the Raiders Vikings Super Bowl 11 and hearing Bill King and just the mastery with which he wove how he called a football game. Maybe that planted an earwig in my brain as well. Wow. Being the voice of a team, that would be pretty cool. So, yeah, no doubt. Be, be in the voice of a college football team, be in the voice of, you know, NFL, Major League Baseball. Yeah, that would be a you know, network voice, too, as well. That has its advantages as well. The, the, all of those things would yeah. be would be would be big time. Uh, would be big time dreams come true. You know, there are a few things that would tell somebody how old a person is when you said you were on your Apple two C um, <laughs> playing video games. Then shout you, out to my fellow uh, kids who grew up in the eighties. You just told people <laughs> kind of how old you are. So, so what keeps you going? What keeps you rolling at this? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Well, the fact that I genuinely love this, I love the chance to head down to a stadium, head down to a written arena, put on a headset. And call a game and tell stories about what we're seeing and be a part of shared moments that we're all experiencing either in the stadium or if you're at home watching on TV or, 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 or listening on the radio. And just, just, being a, just being a part of all of those things and, and doing it in a creative kind of way, being able to walk away from something, walk out of the arena and say, wow, that was kind of neat. I kind of helped create that. And on the TV side, it's not just me, right? I'm still blown away by just how much manpower and how much labor goes in to putting on a sports TV broadcast on the TV side, just how much labor goes into it. And they work their tails off as well, sure making sure that I don't sound like an idiot, right? And if I do sound like an idiot, it's my fault, <laughs> you know? Uh, so, you know, I, I've got an obligation to them to be at my best. That's a challenge. You know, it's, it's a challenge to be able to parse through different things when you've got 
you know, up to three or four people, uh, different people talking in your ear at once. And oh, by the way, you're still trying to call a game and parse what's happening with your eyes as well. And still make sure that the train is going where it needs to go, that you're telling the stories you need to be telling, that you're that you've got the subplots going that you need to be, you know, if you're, you need to be setting up your analyst. Great. If there's traffic we need to go through, that's great, too. That I, I love that. I love yeah. that part of the challenge as well. But, you know, maybe above all, you know, just connecting with folks and being able to still be able to call games even when out here in the Bay Area, you know, COVID restrictions were still pretty strong. Competitions were able to be held, but especially in Santa Clara, no fans were allowed in the stands. But yet you still had baseball, you still had soccer, you still had all these events going on. But even though, so, so with no, 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 no fans in the stands, we were kind of the conduit from the, with the team, with that game, to basically everyone else and you know even more, more so than normal you know parents and fans would you know would, would actually come up to me you know after it was all said and done when everyone was allowed back in buildings around here and they would come up to me and and and, and say thank you for you know for for all that you've done you know you and your crew you know we, we certainly appreciate it and you know being being able to be that conduit and to connect people in that way yeah, especially in, in this day and age when there's just, you know, so much division and all that. And that's clearly a different topic for, 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 for a different time. But being able to connect folks, that's pretty neat, too. And I, I take pride in being able to do all of those, uh, being asked to do all of those things, try to do them the best of my ability. I just try not to screw it up. I just try to have the most fun possible doing it. So all of the things you've learned over these uh, past number of years, um, what would you tell, uh, what piece of advice would you give to that 22 year old kid who walked into the ticket 1050 to start his broadcasting career? Something you've learned that maybe that 22 year old might, uh, might need to know uh, a few things. Um, number one, know who's on your team. And that doesn't just mean folks who are in the business, but your family and your friends know who's around you and, and know who understands that, you know, there are demands that being in this business places on you that are not typical of most jobs. You are going to work nights. You are going to work weekends. You are going to work holidays. You are going to have a variable schedule at times. And I was lucky. Um, I, I interned after my sophomore year at Stanford. I interned at uh, KOA radio in Denver, uh, the big flamethrower there long time uh, flagship station of the Denver Broncos and the Colorado Rockies. And while I was there, the sports director was Larry Zimmer, who at that time was the voice of the Broncos and was also the voice of the uh, Colorado Buffaloes and learned a lot from him that summer. Uh, but, but maybe the biggest thing I learned from him was when he sat me down, it was, you know, it was, it was time for my internship to end. I was going to head back to head back to Stanford because football season was starting up and I was, uh, going to be one of the analysts for the football broadcast on the student station that year. Uh, so we, he sat me down in his office and, 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 and he said, look, you know, you got to have the right people around you who support you in this business. And he was forthright with it. You know, Hey, this business cost me my first marriage. You know, I was on the road all the time was away from my family. And at some point it, it reached a bit of a breaking point. So it's very, very important that you have the right folks around you. And I'm, I'm 
you know, I, I, I thank everyone, you know, God, you know, whoever else you pray to, whatever, that 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 my wife knew knew the deal coming in, you know, is 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 amenable to my to my variable schedule. I'm sure that she'd love to be able to, you know, plan vacations months in advance, you know, and all those sorts of things. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. I might, I might be here. I can't quite answer that quite yet. But but she's been an absolute rock star. Know, know who's on your team outside the business, but know who's on your team inside the business too, because there are some folks who aren't going to be looking out for you and aren't going to be on your side when when things really get deep. And unfortunately, I've learned that the hard way. And it's 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 cost me a job or two. Uh just just with with working with people who did not quite have my backs when they needed to and weren't quite upfront with me with uh, with what their intentions were with me um, right from the start. So that's number one, know who's on your team, both inside and outside the business. But number two, and I guess 2A and 2B, have fun. Have fun, man. This is sports. This is sports for crying out loud. If you can't find ways to, to have fun with this, it's not, not everything in this, in, in this business is do or die, life or death. Oh my God, everything hangs on this, you know? Look, trade, you're in Nebraska. I'm sure it is DEFCON 1 there right now with Nebraska football. Uh, and it might not be a whole lot of fun right now. Uh, but there are still ways to find fun somewhere, somehow within that. And there are still ways to, to find ways to have fun, whether you're on the air or not. And one of the things I'm proud of with the Ticket 1050 back in those days, alternate to KMBR, much younger station, different demographic, different uh, demographic served as the flagship of the Raiders back in the day and we sounded different and we were proud of it and we had an absolute blast doing what we did and I learned how to have fun in this business from working with the ticket 1050 and to be be you be you don't be somebody else I mean if you want to look to other folks to maybe cobble some things together that's fine but by and large be you no one else is you. Be unique. There are so many cookie cutter folks in this business, the folks that seem interchangeable. You know, if you sound different, that should be a good thing. Find a way to use it to your advantage. If you look different, find a way to use it to your advantage. You know, but whatever you do, don't change the fundamentals of who you are just for the sake of a gig and completely you know, have folks, you know, come up to you and they, they walk away going, wow, he's a completely different guy when the camera isn't on. No, <laughs> be you yeah, on good. and off the air. So, yeah, th those are those are those are the things that I would say. Always be aware of who's on your team. Have fun and be you always. Outstanding advice. I, I hope one of these days, Troy, I read in the trades that uh, Troy Clarity is the first um, black play-by-play -play announcer for an FBS football team. And I hope that happens very soon or whatever else you want to do in life. So uh, congrats on all your work. Congrats on your great work. And uh, thanks for the conversation. I appreciate it. No, thank you. An honor, a pleasure. And, 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 and uh, this was a lot of fun, a long time coming. Stay safe, stay healthy. Stay sane, and let's talk again soon. Wow, safe, healthy, and sane. That is really good advice. Thank you. 
Um, Troy Clarity is a play-by-play announcer for Compass Media. Also, Pac-12 Networks has done 10 different sports for Pac-12 Networks. Pac-12 Networks and um, also does considerable amount of work for Stanford Athletics. And he is, I know, a very proud alum of Stanford University. And he's been with us on Watch the Media. I'm John Schrader.